This week with Ben Aldridge. Ben is a writer, speaker, and comfort zone lever. He writes about practical philosophy, mental health, and adventure by exploring Stoicism, Buddhism, CBT, and popular psychology, all of which have culminated in his book. His book is called How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable 43 Weird and Wonderful Ways to Build a Strong, Resilient Mindset. The book encourages the reader to feel more alive by throwing themselves into strange and unfamiliar situations, which Ben himself has tried and tested as a way to overcome his own anxiety. These challenges range from long-term achievements to the seemingly small everyday task, and I'm sure we'll get into these with Ben. Hiya. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Great to be here chatting with you today. It was good to have you too. Did, was, was my hype womaning okay? Yeah, it was brilliant. Thank you so much. <laughs> Great introduction. Is it strange to have like people like list all of your achievements and you're like, oh wow, I have actually done that? Um, well, it's, I think the thing about that is it's just it's an introduction to the project, really. So if you put it all in one um, hit, it sounds like there's a lot, but really this has been something that's happened over uh, years. So it's uh, it's kind of a representation in a very short um space and introduction i guess so yeah it's kind of your life in a nutshell a little yeah i think so so tell me a bit about you so maybe something that i haven't covered in your in your intro tell me about yourself okay so i started this whole project um and the book uh, has come off the back of really bad anxiety so for me, this was a real turning point. And after suffering with severe and debilitating anxiety, um, this has been my way of dealing with it, which is, I guess it's kind of counterintuitive because when you're in a very anxious space, deliberately stepping out of your comfort zone is something that you don't want to do. Um, so this is, this is what I've been doing. And actually it has had an amazing effect and it's, it's really helped me to, to deal with that anxiety. And at the time, I didn't know anything about anxiety. So this has been a real learning experience for me. And yes, I've put all of this into a book, um, which has been an amazing process. And it came out at the start of the year. I'm sorry, at the start of the summer. And it's been amazing to get feedback from readers and to now be having conversations about it, getting out into the, the world and chatting to people. Mm, I bet. I guess this year is probably the best year that it could have come out, isn't it? Because I think everybody's feeling so tense and emotional. And I think as well as being locked into our houses, we've been locked into our minds for so long. So I think a lot of people are probably starting to deal with things like anxiety, which perhaps they'd never had before. Yeah, I think so. And I think that... Um big events like this and curveballs in life can really get us to think and reevaluate a lot of the things that are happening to us in our lives and we can I'm thinking about that um, especially when we're challenged by things that crop up and it just shows how unpredictable life can be yeah definitely I think there's um there was kind of two two strands of uh of people that, that when obviously we're talking about the the the, the little thing called a global pandemic, which has been happening uh, this year. Um, but um, I try not to concentrate on them too much, but it's, it is a massive part of our lives, isn't it? Um, but there are two, there was almost two types of people um, 
in kind of when we're thinking about anxiety when this happened when this all kind of kicked off and I think some people really really felt it and they felt that kind of global panic that was ensuing and then other people kind of went all right okay the worst has happened like this is what I was always I feel because when you when you sometimes when you're anxious or you're an anxious person you almost feel like something really bad is going to happen don't you and it was like oh now it's happened so some people have said that they've actually felt a little bit of a relief from it so it's quite strange how we can take things you know we may be diagnosed with one uh, type of mental illness but we've got completely different ways of kind of showing it haven't we yeah absolutely and i think for in this particular instance so many people have responded to what's happened with the lockdown in different ways and i think it's uh, it's highlighted that and highlighted how as individuals we can deal with challenges and things that come up and maybe people for the first time will be experiencing anxiety and actually having to come to terms with how to deal with something like that in their lives um, because obviously external events can cause lots of issues for people and especially when it's quite a stressful situation they can trigger um, different things and anxiety is a natural response to that so I think a lot of people will have to learn about how that affects them and and how they can manage it Mm. so talk to me about your experience then um how did you like how did you find that anxiety was kind of cropping up in life were you were you always kind of an anxious child or was it something that came through um external circumstances what tell me a bit about your your own anxiety so for me it just came out of the blue i had no specific trigger there was no reason for it to come in my eyes I didn't realize why it happened and uh, there was yeah there was no event no specific event Um, but I was on an American road trip at the time and suddenly I just started having uh, these panic attacks and because I didn't know what that was um, I just felt like I was dying it was terrible and it came down to ill education really I didn't understand what was happening to me so that really through me because I had no systems in place to deal with it and I think the fear of the unknown is often worse than what you're facing because you you don't know and your mind just spirals off and goes out of control so I think uh, for me that was one of the the biggest issues just not knowing what I was facing so I started having all of these physical symptoms and um, yeah it was just uh, it's completely overwhelming so then when I got back to the UK um, I investigated it I went to the doctor who instantly recognized it as anxiety and panic attacks. And it was at that point where I started to um, try and deal with it. And the doctor had suggested a couple of things, but I'm kind of stubborn. And I decided that before I committed to anything, I wanted to educate myself better on what was happening to me. So I spent a lot of time reading. And this is really where everything changed when I started consuming content and trying to understand what uh, what was happening to me. And I got into all of these different philosophies and different psychologies and then um, just started leaning into that and came across a stoicism, which made a huge difference to me. And then I started pushing myself out of my comfort zone after learning about all these different concepts. And yeah, that really helped me to get in control of the anxiety and completely change my relationship with it. So how old were you when like the first, your first kind of panic attacks happened? Um, so this was late twenties 
when I, yeah, when I just started having all of those panic attacks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there was, there was no clear trigger for me. It was, uh, that's the thing. Um, everything was good. So mm. it was, uh, it was unusual. Um, and I guess because I had no system in place and I didn't understand how to manage stress. Um, it was, it was a way of, you know, I had to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah. I, I've suffered with panic attacks. Um, and mine were when I was really ill. So I, my body responded and I've always had with anxiety, I've always had like very body responsive anxiety. So if I get too hot, sometimes that would like trigger things off. And some people it's like being in a particular place. Some people it's just, you know, they can't even quite work it out. Um, and I, it's so de debilitating, isn't it? When you've got, when you're in the midst of a panic attack and it, it, I can totally resonate with the feeling of like, I'm going to die. Um, it's a really scary, scary place to be. But I think the way that you, you know, you came home and you sought out that kind of, obviously you went to the doctor first and then you've looked into so many different avenues. Have you always been quite an open-minded person or or was this because of, you know, feeling something that you just never felt before? Yeah. So I've always been open-minded, always been into education, always been into that side of things, but this was just a, my response to it was to try and understand it better. So that's really where everything has come from. And all of my knowledge is off the back of that. It's that wanting to solve the problem myself. So just desperately leaning into uh, um, different books and ideas and really, uh, that has been the the biggest um, like change off the back of uh, educating myself. Yeah, I think um, I think it's yeah, I think it's incredible because you've you've taken something and created such a positive from it. Um, tell me about your adventuring. It was that something you were doing before, and that you've kind of integrated into more, your life. Obviously, adding in these challenges as well, or is it something that you found? kind of off the back of all of this so yeah i have been doing stuff before all of this but really since the anxiety and since the panic that's when i really lent into a lot of these um these different things and the challenges came directly off the back of um this anxiety and that was my response to it uh, and just to set out all of these different ways that i could push myself out of my comfort zone and created a list of challenges that i could do in order to build resilience and this was based off the um the Stoics um, approach to building resilience and the Stoic philosophers of ancient Greece and Rome used to deliberately step outside of their comfort zones to build resilience. And they were quite interesting and they would do this in fascinating ways, like uh, exposing themselves to the cold and the heat and sleeping on hard surfaces and fasting from food and water. And the concept is that you prepare for adversity by practicing adversity. So they would deliberately expose themselves to that, that stress and I guess I really resonated with that idea and that's where the challenges the concept of challenging myself came from um, so I started creating all of these different challenges and uh, started doing them and had a lot of fun along the way yeah so let's talk about the challenges then I, I think um, some of them obviously that some of them are a lot bigger than the others some of them are quite small you know you've got a, a range of different challenges what where did you start? You know, if you did you sit down and write a big list of things like kind of like a bucket list, but all, almost like the opposite of a bucket list, because it's probably all the things that scare you um, to do. 
Uh, did you sit down and write all of that? Or was it just kind of like today, I'm going to do something to push myself out of my comfort zone? And how did it start? How did it start to build? Yeah, so all of the challenges were, I essentially sat down, like you said, and just wrote out a long list of things that I could do that would push myself. And it wasn't just about doing things that would challenge myself physically because in the book I divide my challenges up into three categories so I've got physical mental and skill Uh, and so all of the challenges are there to push me out of my comfort zone in different directions and I just started to explore all the different ways I could do this and as you were saying about a bucket list yeah of course that's a great idea and I did have some things on the list that were part of the bucket list but I also like the idea of an anti-bucket list which I write about in the book which is where you create a list of all the things you don't want to do and you deliberately go out and do them. And there's this kind of facing fear thing that goes on and it teaches you a lot about yourself in the process. Um, So yeah, it was a combination of all these different things and just playing around with ideas and the list was massive and it was a very comprehensive list that would push me in different directions. But before I even got into that, I had to take baby steps and it was about building up and building confidence. So it started off very, very small, very uneventful for most people. But for me, it was walking to the bench in my park, my local park, which seems like that's nothing really in the grand scheme of things. But for me, that was a big deal at the time. And that was like the first step. And then it just carried on from there. And I started to do other things like catching the bus because at the time it was really, really bad. The anxiety was so debilitating that even small acts like that were very challenging. So it then just carried on and I kept pushing myself in different directions and started to lean into this. And then eventually the challenges became bolder and more adventurous. And then over time that built up and then I started doing things that I didn't think I would be capable of doing. And then off the back of that, there's a lot of confidence that you gain. And suddenly that anxiety and that sort of self-belief changes within you and you can see that you are capable of dealing with lots of different things and and that just really helps me to change my whole relationship with anxiety and panic and I learned more about who I was and how I could handle adversity and difficulty. Hmm. I think I think it's really important that you say that even like walking to a bench was too much for you at one point because I think a lot of the times people kind of think of anxiety as you know something that is it's just a state of of being like people that are just anxious but actually it is so much more than that it's it is it can be really life kind of halting for a while so you know those little moments those like seemingly imperceptible challenges are actually really big at the time aren't they yeah, absolutely. It depends on what space you're in as well, mentally. Uh, and I think it's uh, it's great to have small steps and small things that you can do to push yourself. And it you know it starts small, but then you never know where you're going to end up. And that's the thing. It just they compound. I think these ideas and the fact that if you push yourself a little bit over time, your confidence builds. And and that's really what this project has been about. Mm. I love how you call it a project as well. Like I, I, I know it is a project, but a lot of people kind of think about, um, like the the finished article when when you've got a book that's like the the final bit that you 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 you've got to to give to people. You've got to kind of you've got to read and hold in your hands. But actually, this is so much bigger than a book, isn't it? Because it's like a it's it's this massive project that I guess you're still 
you're still on you're still on this kind of challenge journey i guess yeah it's ongoing it's uh, it's something that I think we can all continually do as well with there's no end point really uh, and also as I change as a person what challenges me is going to change and naturally there will be challenges in life that crop up just because life has a great way of doing that doesn't it it just uh, can present us with things that we have to manage um, so there's going to be plenty of that obviously and that's something that I don't even know what that's going to look like so the idea is to try and at least have some kind of uh, preparation and I think the more I lean into different challenges and explore these different things. Um, the better I'm going to be at, at dealing with those things when they crop up. Well, that's the theory anyway. And it certainly has helped so far. <laughs> and I think not having anything in place is so much worse than having, even if there's some small, like little bit of hope or that small thing that you can do to fight back against any uh, adversity in life. I think that's a, that's a big difference. Mm. Absolutely. And I think, um, when when you were talking about that then it just reminds me like a lot of people say you you can't grow in your comfort zone like there's there's no growth there we just kind of stay stagnant you've got to get uncomfortable in order to find you know that inner confidence and to realize just how just how incredible you really are really like just how much you can push yourself just how much you can deal with um so I really like that yeah, I think we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zones because that is, yeah, you're right. That's where we learn. It's where we learn about who we are. And that's how we can grow as people in that scary space outside of what we find comfortable. And it's also just bringing color into our lives and adventure and different things. You know, it's very easy to get boxed in. So I think it's quite important for us to look at interesting ways that we can um, we can step outside of our comfort zones. So tell me about one of your... I obviously know they're all they're all very challenging in different ways but one of your like what you would regard as your biggest challenge that you have done I guess it depends because they're all again they're so different so for instance on one one side of the scale we've got running marathons and climbing mountains which is difficult because it's very physical uh, and but actually there is a mental side to that as well when you're running a marathon or a long distance there's a lot going on in your head, especially when you hit that wall at like mile 20. It's called the wall because you're, it feels like you've hit a wall. You're so exhausted mm. that you can't carry on. or You have to kind of push yourself to, to get through that. So that's one end. That's very physical and that's very difficult in that sense. But then there's other things like I've been learning Japanese, which is an academic thing and it's uh, to push me intellectually. And that is brutally difficult because okay. it's ongoing. It's just relentless um so that that has been very difficult as well and it's just so those are two contrasting things that are so far away from each other but i think it just illustrates how you can push yourself in completely different ways physically and academically and um there's loads of other things but those are the kind of extreme examples you've also got the slightly easier ones or the, the quicker ones um, so things like learning to solve a Rubik's cube or learning to fold origami and pick locks and do all these different things, which are smaller and, um, they still take a little bit of concentration and time and whatnot, but it's, uh, it's just different degrees of committing, um, challenge, I guess. And it's, it's making sure you don't have too many that are, um, committing and you just punctuate your life with these bigger challenges and then smaller ones as well can slot into whatever time you have available. 
I love what you say about like running definitely is a mental thing um, with the, and like I've got some friends that have done marathons and they say, they, they literally say about hitting a wall and that it, they just, it's such a mental thing. For me, running more than probably about 200 meters is, is, is a mental challenge for me. I am the most impatient person I think you, you could ever meet. Um, when me and my husband moved in together, um, we thought, oh, we'll do a really lovely like couples thing together and go for runs. And I, we nearly broke up. We nearly didn't get to the, to the marriage stage. It was terrible. Um, so it's definitely a mental, mental thing. And I, I just, yeah, I, I really, really, really admire anyone that does any kind of marathons because I just cannot, I get too ginger and impatient and angry. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you see, that already makes me think that that's the perfect thing for no, you to try and do. No, you going to say that. You've just, you've just built it up. You've given yourself the, the perfect <laughs> challenge there. Because I guess it's, it's also looking at ways to deal with frustration as well, um, to, to deal with those things. So that would almost, the running itself, the running of the marathon would be sec, like a secondary thing. I mean, it seems like the main part of the challenge would be actually dealing with that frustration and that and those like self-belief that self-belief as well so I think it's uh it's interesting there's lessons in so many different places uh-huh a hundred percent I I dislike you a little bit right now for suggesting <laughs> <laughs> but you, uh, you are completely and utterly right and I think um we can we we can really build an aversion to some things that possibly will be good for us um and it's interesting how sometimes we can kind of really shut our mind down away from things that we just, we either feel we're not very good at or we just feel are uncomfortable for us. Um, and you're right. I think sometimes the, those challenges do kind of the things that you don't want to do the most are possibly the things that are going to benefit you the most. I'm still not signing up for a marathon though. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, you're right though. Perception is everything. And it's it's how we view something before we've done it as well. And I'm, I do this all the time. So that's, that's why I've been really keen to try as many different things and um, to really question my, um, my self-limiting beliefs on so many different things. Um, a simple example is the Rubik's Cube. It's something that I never thought I would be able to solve. It's, you look at it and you think it's, oh, that looks impossible. But actually, if you stick with it long enough, anyone will be able to solve it. It's just a series of algorithms that you've got to learn and it just takes a little bit of time. Uh, and that's it. I, I never thought I could do it, but then I sat with it long enough and I proved to myself that I could. And it's just that limiting belief that I had. So just leaning into that, questioning it um, is great for confidence building. And it also helps us to, to really look at other things in our lives that we have these limiting beliefs on. And that can just be, it will look different for every single one of us. Uh, and it's interesting to explore that. And I think we can turn that into, into play and challenge and we can really lean into that. Mm. It's, um, wasn't, am I, have I got this wrong? Was it fit, like doing a Rubik's Cube in under a minute? Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that was, was it. Yeah. That, well, that's what, that was the sort of, the, the main thing was to learn to solve it and then to practice it to get it under a minute. Um, so that was my goal. Uh, which took quite a while but just to solve it was the first thing the first mm. step in that um, and then to practice it enough to get it fast but it's uh, again it's it's all about that perception uh, and how how you deal with that 
oh, I'm you'd, not going to be able to do it. And then fighting back against it. You'd be a really good superhero now. Like you can, you <laughs> can pick locks, so. <laughs> you can scale mountains, you can run a marathon. <laughs> you'd be like the most useful. What You'd be like a, a new version of Batman. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> How do you deal with anxiety now then? So obviously the the challenges have helped you to prove to yourself that you can deal with a lot more than you perhaps thought you could um in your late 20s you know you're you're more confident uh you're becoming much more clever <laughs> you are probably becoming fitter so how do you deal with any 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 situation that then makes you anxious because anxiety is a necessary part of us our brain is is built so that we can we've got that fight or flight reflex is it with a bit more of a like a logical standpoint where you can now assess situations or do you find that you can just like calm down from situations quicker so now i have a system or i have systems that i can lean on when i feel anxious uh, and this is a huge improvement from when I first when I first was hit with anxiety, I had nothing. And if you don't have anything that you know works or that you know you can use, then it's very easy for that to spiral out of control. And that's why I got into such a bad place, because I didn't have anything that I could try, like I knew that worked or that I could um, I could use. And I didn't understand anxiety. And now I think because I understand how it works and what happens with it. I know that I have X, Y, Z, all of these different things that I can try and that I've tested out in the real world. And that's really what the challenges have been there to do as well, to enable me to put a little bit of pressure on myself uh, and then to be able to uh, practice dealing with that pressure, practice dealing with that uh, and testing out these systems. And if something doesn't work, then I can bin it and I can try something else instead. And, and actually now I have a load of different tools and tricks that work personally for me. And because we're all different, we're gonna resonate with different ideas, but I know that I can do all of these different things. And I've learned how to balance myself better um, in my life generally, so that I'm making sure that if I'm feeling particularly anxious, anxious, then I can lean into, am I eating properly? Am I exercising enough? Am I meditating enough? And I've got all of these different things that I can lean into and actually they work. And I know that they've worked well, I know that they work because they've worked in the past. And so I have that trust in them as systems. So yeah, it's being a bit more objective. And it can be hard in the moment if you're particularly um, panicky or if you're scared about something. But I think the more you do it and the more you play with it, and as long as you're always looking for that lesson, and that's something that I've been trying to do, always look for the lesson and testing out these ideas. Um, so that's how what I will do. I know I've got all these different tools I can lean into. I, I like the fact that the way that you deal with it is you've you've kind of taken different aspects from all of the different psychology parts that you've looked into what works for you from like cbt or you know stoicism and buddhism and you've created this little to toolkit that really works for you and i think from my own experience that's kind of what i've done figure out like okay what works for me and and knowing that there isn't one right way you know we can we can explore and, and we can be curious and keep hold of the things that do, do and get rid of the things that don't um so i really like that because it's it's quite a fresh approach i think yeah because there's not going to be one size fits all i think we're all so different 
um for, for me i really really re resonated with uh, like stoicism ancient greek philosophy but i know that's not for everyone uh and it's it's about yeah collecting these different ideas and testing them out and i think the important thing is testing them out because we can be told oh you need to do this when you're anxious or you need to do this when you know um when you're afraid of something but actually it's not practical unless we've seen that it works or that we've tested it out in the real world and that's why i think it's so important to get your theory right by reading and studying all of these different ideas but then you want the practice side of things and that's for me where the challenges have come in because it's this practical element of the project where you actually go out and you test these different ideas that you've been studying in the real world and that's going to look different uh, again for everyone and in my book i encourage people to find their own challenges but it's important to have that cross-section so physically pushing yourself mentally and like learning skills and doing things and you know it's going to look different for every single one of us but that's that for me is the important part having both parts having both sides of the the coin the practical and then the theoretical mm. when i am um, when i got out of hospital i booked a skydive because fly like falling from heights is my biggest fear yeah and it took me about two years <laughs> to actually go on the skydive and i must say I'm really glad I did it, but I am never, ever doing it again. <laughs> it was the most petrifying thing I've ever done. And I don't think really the mental side of it was there for me. I think it was more just like, I'm out of hospital. I'm going to chuck myself out of plane. Um, but were there any of the, anything you did that you just did it and you were like, okay, I've done that. I'm never going to do it again. Um, not so much. There hasn't been anything where I've done it and I've thought I would never do that again. There's been lessons along the way that I've taken from the project and things like I wouldn't do it that way again. Um, and there's certain things that have been difficult mentally to deal with. Um, so, but there hasn't been anything that I outright refuse to do again. I think it's uh, maybe, well, I mean, I'm sure there will be. And that's the point. I will find that. Um, during this project so it's an ongoing thing mm. this is slightly off off topic but I, I found it fascinating and you've probably been asked about this or you know because it's climbing related um, but there's a documentary on Disney plus called free solo I assume you've seen it the one with Alex Honnold free solo yeah 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 so there's a, it, it's in Yosemite there's a giant cliff called El Cap yeah. And uh, Alex climbs this route without ropes. Yeah. This and big it route on it. Is huge. And it's that is it the tallest that anybody has climbed without ropes? Yeah. Yeah, it's and, big. And it's, and it, what he's done is incredible, yeah. And <laughs> it's one of the most as somebody who is scared of falling from heights, um, and I've done a bit of climbing, my mum loves climbing. The thought of climbing without ropes is absolutely fear inducing in its in itself. But what I found really interesting about that documentary is when they did the brain scan and they looked at his amygdala and the fact that his amygdala was so, it needed a really high level of stimuli to be able to kind of fire off. And the amygdala is responsible for this fear, this fight or flight re response, response that we have. And I just found it absolutely fascinating how obviously we've all got completely different brains and we're all built so differently. But the, the way that Alex's brain is built is that he can do these incredible challenges 
uh, without, he didn't even really seem nervous, if that makes sense. Um, but I just wondered if you, if you watch that kind of thing and, and that's something that is, inspires you, if that's something that, you know, you'd ever, not that exact uh, height, but is that some, is that kind of, is that where you get some of your inspiration from by like watching other people do things and going, oh my gosh, that looks, that looks a bit scary. I'm going to write it on my list. Well, I think for this particular documentary, Alex is a very extreme example of climbing and he represents the absolute minority of what people do when they <laughs> climb. Yeah. So it's really interesting to watch this because uh, what he's, what he's doing is unbelievable and everyone in the climbing world acknowledges that and it's very uh, a very unique skill that he has and I think it's a combination of the fact that yeah his his brain works in a slightly different way but also that he's had a lifetime of climbing so he's exposed himself to heights and climbing for so many years that the way that his brain deals with that is very different from a non-climber I think it's that uh, fear exposure and exposure therapy is something that therapists use to help people overcome phobias and fears by you slowly expose yourself to that fear in little doses. And then over time, you start to build up a, an immunity to that fear. And that's the theory anyway, but we can do that with lots of different things. And I think for Alex, he's had a, like years and years of being around extreme heights and being in very dangerous and extreme settings. So naturally that is going to have an impact on how he thinks and how he deals with um, um, that level of uh, danger for anyone else who hasn't had that background I think it would be impossible to even comprehend something like that so he's really interesting I, I'm definitely inspired by people who do these incredible things and I think that having role models and exploring um, how different people deal with challenge and adversity is hugely inspiring and that's something that I think um, can be very beneficial to all of us leaning into different people's approaches as well and taking from them and that's why I love reading different biographies and autobiographies and that's had a very um, big part in me learning about how to how to manage um, adversity as well. Yeah I, I love how you've wrapped it up really neatly for me. <laughs> I think that I think today my brain is all over the place slightly. So I'm seeming very high energy, but you're, you're, you're carving me down and you're making all of my points really well. <laughs> so I might just cut me out of this podcast and listen to you talk. <laughs> um, you're absolutely right. And I know it isn't, it's a very, very extreme, but I do, I just find it absolutely fascinating um, in a, I mean, that's definitely something I will never do, try and do. That's not yeah, I think challenge. most people shouldn't try and do it, to be honest. <laughs> do not try this at home. And but it's amazing to see how he deals with it as well. And just, uh, it is an inspiring, uh, a really inspiring movie. It's been shot beautifully. And uh, yeah, I, I recommend that everyone checks it out. Yeah, definitely. The only thing that annoyed me in that was his girlfriend because it seemed like she came on the scene and he just started falling off stuff. <laughs> and I was, and I'd just be like, stop it, just stop it. It's like, um, I can't remember who it was. I think he was a um, tightrope walker and he never fell off. He never, like, he never, never fell off this tightrope. But somebody said to him, 
once you know you or be careful you can't like don't fall don't think about falling and he was attached to the tightrope and he previously done it without any safety measures but he did something different and he was attached to the tightrope and some people have been like you know you could fall you've got to be careful and he fell for the first time and it's really interesting isn't it and and I felt like because she was so like be careful be careful it was more in his mind so his brain was trying to be trying to kind of fulfill that that subconscious thought of fall so yeah I really wanted her gone I was like can you just leave him for a little bit please (laughs) I don't want this guy to die It's a really interesting dynamic, isn't it? That relationship as well. Because imagine being in a relationship with someone who is at the top of their field and doing something so incredibly groundbreaking that no one has ever done anything like this before. And there's such a high level of risk. But in his eyes, there's not a high level of risk because he knows he can do it and he's trained so incredibly well to do it. Um, But still, I think when you're the observer, it's a completely different journey, isn't it? Even just watching it is just uncomfortable. Oh my god! In the, it's in the so... cinema or wherever you watch it. The 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 final shot where it's him and then it zooms to the full height of El Capitan just made me feel sick. <laughs> I, was, I was like, "That is horrific! How did you do that?" We, I've yeah, kind of I... given it away, haven't I? Oops, undo. Well, I think yeah. Or did he get he to does, the top? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did he indeed? We have to watch to find out. I'm not sponsored by it. I just uh, thought it was a really interesting conversation. <laughs> um, so what does, what does your everyday look like then? Because you're, you're obviously not scaling mountains and, I don't know, swimming with sharks every day. Um, how, how, how do you bring the project into your everyday when you don't have something challenging per se? Well, there's things, yeah, there's things that are ongoing naturally. So... For instance, I started to meditate. That was one of the things and one of the challenges in my book that I started to get into. And that's actually something that I've kept in my life. It's something that I now do on a daily basis. Um, so that's an ongoing thing. And it's a small challenge. It doesn't require a huge amount of time, but it's it's part of the project and it's ongoing. And there's little things like this. Um, so there's exercise. I try and push myself and try and exercise every day. Um, Japanese as well. I try and Uh, make sure that I'm doing some Japanese each day and then all of these other things that are you know I get up quite early so that I'm very productive and there's just small challenges and and naturally that's that's keeping me going and then I'll punctuate my week and my life with bigger events at certain points when I have the space to do it and um, also it's just responding to the natural everyday challenges that there are plenty of them to deal with so it's just this kind of juggling act there's, you know, a few things going on daily and then there's bigger things happening and then there's bigger projects in the um, sort of pipeline for further down the line and all of these different things. So it's it's trying to be a bit of a juggler, which is kind of difficult because, there's you know, you're trying to manage everything and bring it all together concisely and make sure that, you, you know, you're consistent with everything, which is hard. Um, but, yeah, that's it, really. It's that different things have resonated with me some some challenges have been like one-off things that you do and then that's it they're very clear you know you do it it's done maybe you might revisit and do it again in the future but other things are more ongoing so I guess that's that's how I'm bringing it into everyday life how do your how do the people around you kind of react respond to 
to it all? Do they join in? Oh, yeah. So it depends on what I'm doing. Um, lots of friends, so like climbing with friends, that's a big part of it. And going on like runs and races and there's loads of different things. And also if I'm doing something strange, um, then I think it's, it's kind of accepted now if I do something weird. Oh, Ben's going ice swimming. Okay, that's, you know. <laughs> Or Ben's climbing Everest on his stairs in lockdown. Okay, yeah, that's pretty, you know, pretty normal behaviour. Oh, it's just Ben. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they didn't join you climbing Everest on the stairs? Uh, no, but some people did. There was, because um, I did this thing on um, Instagram and actually loads of uh, people started doing virtual climbs on their stairs. So I had some virtual climbing partners. They weren't there with me, but they were, they were doing it in their own home. So it's quite fun. That's really nice. It's really nice to have that kind of community feel, even when you're apart from people, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's been so wonderful to talk, talk to you. And I could ask you questions about all the crazy stuff you've been doing um, all day, but I will let you go. Um, where can people find you? Where can people get the book? Plug all the things. So, okay, thank you. I think uh, the first place to go is probably my website, benaldridge.com. And then there's links there to my social media. And I'm most active on Instagram, actually. So that's probably the best place to come and um, come and see my work. So that's at do things that challenge you. And there's lots of philosophy and lots of pictures from random things. Um, and then my book is called How to Be Comfortable with Being Uncomfortable. And that's, you can get that on Amazon. You can get it from Waterstones, um, from different online bookstores. Um, so yeah, you can just type my name into Google, go onto my website and there's links to the book as well there. So that's probably the best thing, the best place to start. Amazing. Um, I will put all of those links in the show notes as well. It should also be said that Ben's got some really great blogs on his website, really interesting. So if you fancy a read, head on over there as well but thank you so much for coming on today ben i really appreciate it well thank you so much for inviting me it's been a pleasure to chat to you and i'm really grateful for that opportunity so thank you oh, thanks thank you um right so that is it for this week if you want to keep in touch with us you can follow me on instagram at mj andrew you can follow the podcast at tribe talk podcast and if you get a second, please just go to the rate and subscribe buttons and give us five stars. Um, I'd love to hear what your feedback is from this chat with Ben. Um, but thanks so much and see you soon. Bye.